Principal Matters Podcast, episode 144. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're beginning a new series with my guest, Jen Schwanke, who will also serve as co-host for a series on strategies and solutions that work for school leaders. You can check out resources for school leaders at my website at williamdparker.com. Today, we will be discussing building and maintaining a positive school culture. Jen Schwanke is the author of You're the Principal, Now What? Strategies and Solutions for New School Leaders. She's also the principal of Indian Run Elementary School in Dublin, Ohio. If you'd like a longer intro to her work, check out Principal Matters podcast episode 140 at my website or wherever you download your podcasts. Jen, welcome back to Principal Matters. Thank you so much for joining us for this series of episodes that we're hosting together. And how's it going today in Dublin, Ohio? It is a good day in Dublin, Ohio. We're still in the uh, depths of winter, but crawling our way out and looking towards spring. How, how's it going in Oklahoma? Well, I woke up today to a sunny, beautiful, 60-degree nice. weather Oklahoma day. Ah. Yeah, but Oklahoma <laughs> changes so quickly. Uh, Will Rogers, who's one of the famous Oklahomans, would often say that if you don't like the weather in Oklahoma, just wait till tomorrow um, because it Absolutely. always it, it, it always changes. Well, I thought we could start today's episode by sharing a moment this week where you were reminded of your purpose as a school leader. So before we jump into the topic, I just wanted to reflect for a little bit. What's something that's happened this week that's reminded you of your purpose as a school leader? Would you like to go first? Absolutely. Let's stick with the weather theme for a moment. We had some unexpected snow days, which is not atypical in Ohio, but as any educator knows, when you have a snow day, everything from that day piles up to the next day. And so we've had, you know, four snow days or so, and that has just made the other days in this month absolutely crammed full. Conferences, PTO events, activities, assemblies, and I really sensed the teachers and the staff sagging under the weight of all the rescheduling. And so I just took a moment and simple, easy moment of gratitude through email. I sent a note saying, hey, I acknowledge this is hard and we're overwhelmed, but if not us, then who? to do this important work. And I felt like it was a good chance just to remind the staff, I knew that we were challenged. It's a hard time of year, but we're doing it because we're really good at it. So it was a, it was a good moment to be a leader. Oh, I like that. And it's such a good reminder sometimes to tell yourself and to tell other people that you're, you're qualified you are gifted right. <laughs> and you are positioned to do this work. Exactly. And, and, and it's, exactly. it's okay to, to admit that it's overwhelming, but then to be reminded that you are the person that's been called to this moment. So let's make the most of it. I love that. You know, earlier this week, my, one of my stories was I had the privilege of being in a school with a principal in Tulsa who was um, showing me around her building and giving me some a tour of just a wonderful middle school where the philosophy of the school is all around demonstration, how students can demonstrate the work that they're doing, collaborate around the work that they're doing, very engaged learning environments. And as we were sitting later in her office talking about her school, she began to reflect on the isolation that she often feels as a leader. Here she's leading this profoundly effective school, has built a team over several years has a strong community, and yet 
she's often feels like she's the only one that understands the work that she's doing. And she was saying, you know, whether it's trying to reach to upper administration who also supervise her or even relating to her fellow administrators whom she supervises as assistant principals or counselors, often she feels alone in the fact that she's the only person with her role. And as I was listening to her, I was remembering why I started creating content for school leaders. That same feeling that I had, which was these are the lessons I've learned the hard way and how can I begin to share them with my fellow administrators so that together we don't feel isolated. So Jen, I am so excited that you've agreed to do this series with me so that together we can be reflecting on some of the work that you've done because you've created a wonderful book. You're the principal now what that I referenced in podcast episode 140 and that I was able to use with Dr. Gracie Branch at the work that I do with our principals associations and training new principals. And so I'm so excited to just jump into the series together and take a different topic each week where we can reflect on our experiences, mine in secondary and yours. I know you've worked at every level, but right now primarily in elementary and some ideas that maybe we can reflect on that might help listeners in the work that they're doing. So I want to jump into this week's topic, which is building and maintaining positive school culture. And I want to ask you first to describe the kinds of cultures that leaders often encounter when they're leading schools. You know, I think about your colleague you described from your work this week. And I think it's important to distinguish between a school culture of isolation and an individual's feeling of isolation. A school culture is something that's more pervasive. It doesn't just mean a bad day. It doesn't just mean that some weather patterns or some student behaviors or some teacher apathy means that that applies to everyone in the school. Culture is something that's almost in the woodwork. And the three cultures that I think are out there are the culture of isolation where everybody's working alone. Everybody feels that there's nobody kind of watching out for them, sharing ideas, thinking together. The second culture that I've noticed is that, you know, the one we're all striving for, a culture of confidence, a culture of understanding and teamwork. I would nickname this the culture of let's give one another a break. We're all in this together. You know, yes, we have some bad days. We have some struggles, but we're all going to understand that, that that happens and work together to help out. And then the, the third culture that is one to certainly be wary of is distrust. And I would describe that as one where the students and the staff and of course the school leader are all thinking somebody's out to get them. So, you know, there may be conversation, there may be meetings and talking and collaboration, but nobody really trusts that they're all in it for the right reasons. Those, you know, obviously two negative cultures and one that's that's the one we're all aspiring to find. And what I've discovered, Jen, is that even in healthy cultures, there are still moments where you revisit those other two areas. And so I know the goal is to create a collaborative culture of teamwork and trust, but that's not something that just happens and then ends. It's almost like cultivating a garden. Right. There, there are practices. Well, and haven't you found, Will, that, that even within a strong school culture, you're going to have individuals who cling to the negative culture pieces like it, like they're desperate. You know, I will not trust anyone. And then the, the, uh, the rest of the school community has to just work around that and not give yeah. it any breath. You know, we're not going to be that. Well, and I think you have to make a choice too, which is when you are leading, which of those cultural norms do you want to choose? Because on any given day, you can walk in and that day could begin with panic 
or distrust or right. anxiety. And as a leader, you kind of have to make the choice of, but this is the kind of culture I'm going to choose to promote right. in my school. I'll tell you a funny story. One day I remember a teacher walking up to me right when school was beginning and I was in the commons area with students, welcoming kids, getting ready for the day to start. And she walked up and and there had been a history of us having problems with our copiers. And so she walked up and... <laughs> She stood straight in front of me. She looked me in the face like like the school was on fire. And she said, I can't find a copier. I can't find a copier that works. And she looked at me like she was ready to kill someone. And all I could think of to say, all I could think of to say was I just looked at her and smiled and said, wow, that sucks. Right. What are we going to do? You acknowledge it. Yes. What are we going to do without a copier? Yeah, I acknowledge that (laughs) sucked. And then I just said, well, let's take the next steps, which I knew was what we were going to have to do every time, which was reach out to the technician that comes over and services our copiers. But it was just that moment of acknowledging this sucks. But also personally, absolutely. I personally was not choosing to freak out. I was going to continue to, I'm going to be, I'm here for this moment right now to welcome these kids in the school day. And I'm not going to let this, moment of craziness set the tone for my day either. Even though I know you're having a really, really bad morning, I want to help you through it, but I'm not going to switch into panic mode and let my exactly. whole day let my whole day be stained by that, by being angry. And so that's a choice. And I think you're onto something too, Will, with that, the first answer that the leader gives is crucial because if you were to get angry or if you were to dismiss it, or if you were to say, really, you're going at me about the copier again, it would diminish that person's feelings. And so to acknowledge it, you know, just that first reaction, the look on your face, the word you use. I have a a colleague who has probably the best school culture built in a school that I've seen. Her reaction to anything, positive, negative, anything in between tends to be this. She says, okay, acknowledges, in a calm, soothing tone. And so it could be a broken copier. It could be a student who just punched somebody. It could be, oh my gosh, the fire drill is, we're gonna have to push it, whatever. But it's just acknowledgement. And it's not condescending. It's just taking a moment to give that reaction that's not at all gonna cause damage. Yeah. I often felt like in the work as a school leader that it's almost like um, for be- this is a bad analogy, but I often think about the Starship Enterprise and you know right. <laughs> Captain Kirk and his crew, and, and you have all these aliens coming at you and ships that are shooting at right. you. And, well, <laughs> and somebody has to maintain calm and command and make a decision and and realize right. that at the end of the day, the goal is the safety for everybody on that ship and landing this thing successfully. So while hell's breaking loose or things are falling apart around you, you somebody has right. to maintain that composure and and also keep perspective on why we're here and the bigger picture of of how to maintain that culture around your entire school because your ability to exactly. to be calm and assuring in those moments it filters out to everybody around you as well. Right. I know we can give lots and lots of more examples, but let's dive for just a minute into some specific strategies because I know that whether someone is facing a culture of isolation or, or teamwork or distrust, there's all kinds of dynamics happening around us all the time. There are some specific strategies that school leaders can use to find solutions for creating positive school culture? Well, I think one of the takeaways is gauging the past. You know, everybody has a right to their own feelings or their, their own way they look at the world or their jobs or their or their work as a teacher. And, and as a leader, you have to kind of gauge what happened before before I got here, 
And that just requires being a really, really good listener, understanding the school's history, knowing what the veterans are thinking and feeling. They have a wonderful perspective. And the key, obviously, to do that well is to be, be impartial. And so I always say there is no truth. And by that, I mean every individual you talk to in a school, when they talk about what has happened in the past uh, with hiring, with students, with redistricting, with enrollment, all of those things are true to that person. And so instead of looking for a you know, comprehensive summary of why this school is the way it is. You have to just look at all the perspectives together and gather as much input. Don't take sides or build clicks or, you know, there's my positive people, there's my negative people. Just figure out what happened before to make the the staff and the school and the students the way they are today. Well, I like that. I'm sure you have experience with that with your work too. (laughs) Well, I, I like that first step, gauging the past. And I think it's important too to kind of identify who some of those historians are within your school. And yes. uh, I know that in my work, as you get to know your staff, you identify different people within that school who understand history and sometimes have been there long enough that right. they've, seen, they've seen trends, they've seen leaders come and go. Yes. They, they have context for the community. And so it's important to listen and to try to understand the yes. history Absolutely. behind your school so that as you're stepping in, you may be making assumptions that are wrong or misinformed. And so I think part of that is just patience. Like you said, an impartiality, being able to listen, find the history that exists in a place and appreciate that history too, because I think people want to know that what's come before you is also appreciated because um, you may be building on something that someone else has spent a lot of sweat and time creating, or you may end up having to correct some some cultural norms too. Absolutely. I think, you know, that phrase, respect your elders, I I use that jokingly, but people who have been around a while and people who know that history, sometimes we tend not to listen very well. We, the new teachers or the aggressive teachers are are the ones that take most of the air in the room. But the, the teacher that's been there 20, 25, 30 years, they really have a story to tell. And those are the ones we should take time and make sure their voice is being heard. So once a leader has had an opportunity to focus on the past, and I've heard other school leaders, there's different approaches for this. I've met with school leaders who've told me that their goal coming in was to set up a specific one-on-one with every teacher and staff member in their building before school started to try to interview, talk, listen, just ask questions. I've met school leaders who've done that with their student body too, where over the course of a school year, they'll try to pull in students and listen to them in terms of what do you love about the school? What could be improved about the school? So I think as a new leader, especially gauging your past is important. But I think for existing leaders too, sometimes we think that we know our culture and maybe it's important for us to take the opportunity to re-engage and have those same conversations with people too, so that we can still understand the history that maybe we think we may know, but maybe there's parts that we don't. So once we've been able to gauge the past, Jen, let's talk about step two, because sometimes you can understand your past, but then you're a leader and you've got to start building. So what, what's step two for building positive cultures? You know, I've found that you, you can build from the ground up all the time, if that makes sense. There are just some foundational actions that school leaders should always be looking to take. And I think those 
actions are constantly keeping an eye on how to establish trust with your staff. Show that appreciation. Stay positive and be immersed in the work. You know, not not asking anyone to do anything that you wouldn't do. Ask questions, listen, take steps as they come. And then as we referred to earlier, you know, understand ebbs and flows and don't expect perfection all the time. There's there's just mm-hmm. bad days. That's not something that is only happening in schools. Everybody has bad days in every job that that is out there. So, you know, whether you're a new school leader or one that's been doing it for a very long time, we can't keep our eye away from the things that are just good components of leadership. Building those from the ground up always, even if your school culture is really healthy, keep building, keep building, keep your eye on the ultimate goal. Well, I like that. And I think we used the analogy earlier of cultivating a garden and you you right. can you can get your garden looking really, really beautiful, but you know that within a couple of days later, it's time to weed it again or maybe water it or right. or there's some bug that's infested your plants. And so I love those takeaways because establishing trust, showing appreciation, staying positive, doing what you ask of others, all of those things are ways that you can cultivate the kinds of relationships that you want to always be building throughout your building. And then I know that there's also the element of, you know, once you understand your past, once you build culture through those kinds of steps too, then how do you keep momentum? And I, so let's talk about that for a little bit, Jen, too, because I know that's, that's the third area I've seen you focus on too, is keeping that momentum built for positive culture. Because at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of second semester and a lot of people are at that point where they can see spring break coming up, or maybe they're exhausted, like you described earlier of, of all the, (laughs) the work that goes into managing school with, with snow days and testing. What, advice would you have for keeping momentum going when you have a good culture? You know, it, it kind of does tie to what we just talked about. I think it's, it's keeping an eye on yourself. You know, how are you feeling? Are you feeling positive? Are you taking stock of what's going on? Being visible. Um, school leaders here all the time, be visible. But this time of year, especially, don't you feel, Will, that sometimes you just want to sit at your desk and just be left alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just the time to power through it. It's like, you know, mile 20 of a marathon. You got to keep running. And I'll admit, I have a lot of self-conversations this time of year where I'm like, get up, go into lunch duty, you know, talk to the kids, go to the bus, talk to the drivers. Those kind of things do take pep talks. And I'm not going to pretend they, not going to pretend they don't. I always tell myself every teacher or every student every day. So just trying to be out there and making sure that those connections happen so that they see me as a person and they see me trying to get them to know them as a person too. Just Mm. keeping those, those connections between people really tight. And I also like the advice of staying personal, um, making sure that you are connecting with the people in your building in ways that aren't just professional, but whether that's finding out how someone's mom's doing who you know has been ill or that you've acknowledged somebody when their kid has been successful and gotten an award, or maybe you're willing to cover a class because you've got a teacher that would love to step down the street and watch their child perform or receive an award. I think being personal and getting personal, I think, with people is is so important to maintaining those healthy relationships too. You know, obviously you have people who are much more verbal 
about their personal lives and they're easy to connect with. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have those silent, quiet types who you may have no idea what's going on in their life. And it might be worth the five minutes to say, hey, how are you? One thing I do avoid doing as a leader, and Will, I'm sure you, you avoid this as well, is I never say, are you okay? You look tired. Because that's very insulting. If I if I sense, I hate it when people say that to me. I hate it. So if I sense someone is going through a hard time, I'll just say, you know, we haven't talked in a while. How are you? As opposed to pointing out that they look absolutely exhausted. Yeah, that's that's kind of my sixteen year old daughter's approach to me, though. She she loves to tell me that, Dad, you just don't look good today. And uh, yeah, you yeah, you, you just look awful. Like get yeah. some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about ways that we can cultivate those positive cultures because some of those involve things like making sure you're asking for input, making sure that other people are giving you advice on what are some ways that you do that at the elementary level, Jen, where you can keep people engaged in in the input that drives your school? Yeah, I I just try to, two things. I try to empower people to, to do it amongst themselves and for themselves. And I tried to be part of that. And and I know that sounds very confusing, but what I mean is a principal can't feel that they are the reason and the, um, the basis for anyone's happiness at work, satisfaction at work. We can't hold that load for everyone else. But what we can do is encourage people to be collaborative and communicating with one another. Encourage them to spend time together. Come to the lounge and eat. If you have, um, you know, say a professional workday, go out to lunch with your team. If you, you mentioned earlier, somebody has, somebody's student is in a play at, at their school, you know, encourage them to ask one another for help, for some class coverage, just that team approach. Mm-hmm. Because I I think a lot of school leaders, and, and will you probably see this with your work around the state, a lot of school leaders think this culture thing is all on them. And it can't be. It's impossible. So just, you know, showing the appreciation, establishing that teamwork approach and encouraging people, hey, let's do this all. Let's all be on the same team together. Yeah, that reminds me of a story. When I was transitioning from assistant principal to high school principal, I realized some of the weaknesses that I had in creating culture. For instance, I'm really bad at remembering special days, uh, people's birthdays or things like that. And so, um, so, but there was a teacher on my team who was really good at that. And so I went to her directly and just said, hey, here's my weakness. I'm really bad at remembering people's birthdays. Right. Can you be my birthday captain? Can you, like, if I give you everyone's, you know, the calendars on on the school year and I give you a budget, can you set up a monthly celebration, something that we can do every month to remember people's birthdays? And I know you'll do such a better job at it than I am. And the food will be better because I'm bad at choosing great food. And she was all <laughs> She was all over right. it. It was like, yeah, I, that's my Oh, she was probably thrilled. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's my that thing. Was so prob- she- probably right in her wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and isn't it nice for her to see you being humble enough to acknowledge you can't do it well, yeah. but to ask for help and to find her, to have her be the one that was picked to do such an important job. That's wonderful. Well, and so I think it's important to identify the things that you're really good at yourself and then surround right, yourself right. with other people who are better than you at doing those things that you're not good at. And so whether it's building culture, whether it's designing master schedules, whether it's administrating right. testing, whatever it is, finding those people that have really strong skills and strengths that can assist you in those tasks that you're going to be doing as a school leader. But something else I think too that I like to talk about when it comes to, to maintaining positive culture or rewarding good behavior, any of those things, if you don't schedule it 
it often won't happen. And so often when I'm talking to school leaders who are trying to figure out how do they embed practices of feedback or input, I'll ask them, you know, well, where is it in your schedule? When are you meeting weekly with kids to find out what they think? When are you meeting weekly with, or, or monthly with your teachers to find out what they think? When, when have you embedded it into your schedule so that it's already a priority built into your calendar that may have to be moved because, you know, things happen that you can't control. But if it's on your calendar, then it's something that you're more likely to do. And that was something I learned the hard way because I had a lot of great intentions, for instance, to get feedback from my students, but I never had placed it on my schedule until I realized I wasn't sitting down with kids and asking them for feedback. Right. So I had a, um, at the high school level, a leadership class that one of my teachers was teaching as an elective. And so I started scheduling myself to be in there once a week to sit down with that group of kids and ask them for feedback, what's going on in school that I need to be aware of. Tell me what you guys are thinking about because they were a huge part of the school culture and pep assembly. So um, it was helpful for me to have it embedded in my schedule because then it happened more. It didn't happen every week because something happened sometimes that pushed me off my schedule, but it happened more when I scheduled it than it ever did before. You know, I'm so glad you said that. And that is something I'm going to walk away from this podcast and do myself. I've never done that, but but putting it on the calendar as a scheduled event, it's a great idea. I, I like to prioritize connecting with students, writing thank you notes, acknowledging teachers, but usually it's a thought that crosses my mind at about 4.30 and I think, oh, another day got away from me. But as you were talking, I was thinking, what if my superintendent wanted to meet with me every morning? You bet that'd be on my calendar. You bet I'd be there every day. <laughs> so why don't I do that? It's it's a brilliant idea, Will. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. I think all principals should make it as part of their day, embed it in their day, because it's easy to whine about the fact that it didn't get done. But if we put it on the calendar, it'll get done. Well, and I'll just give you another example too, Jen, of as a parent of four children, and now they're all teenagers. I have actually three teenagers and one 20-year-old. And so as my children get older, it's harder and harder for me to find the time to connect with them like I did when they were little. Right. And so for 2019, one of the goals that I set, and I sat down with my kids over Christmas break and t- told them this. I said, I think that right now I'm not connecting with you. And actually the words I used was, I think right now as a parent, I'm kind of suck when it comes to... You're right. <laughs> when it comes to spending time with you and like listening to you and connecting with you. So I'm going to schedule a weekly date I'm going to, every, this is a crazy 2019 goal. I really haven't shared this publicly. So um, it's only February. So I have a lot of time <laughs> to fail. But every week since uh, the beginning of this, of 2019, I have gone out for coffee or cocoa or just a quick drink with my kids, with every one of my kids individually at some point during the week. So it may be right before supper. It may be after they get picked up from school. It may be after dinner, but just a quick, let's go out for just a half hour and I'm going to sit across from you and look you in the eyes while you sip on that favorite drink, whatever it is. And I just, just tell me how your week's going. And um, because- You know, when I was in college, yeah, when I was in college, my dad drove up and we went out to lunch once a week. I was going through a really hard time and and he came up and sat across from me and we would eat a salad or a piece of pizza. And I will never forget that. Mm. Just the fact that he, he was a busy man and he made that a priority. And here I am 45 years old and I can still tell you how much value that has. So, uh-huh. so you're onto something there, Will. And I think that's good for parents administrators, teachers to remember all anybody wants is that connection. Somebody to look us in the eye and say, okay, talk, I'm listening. Yeah. And for me, and part of this is just my own personality and, and makeup. It, 
those things would not be happening except that I scheduled them. So we schedule what we prioritize. And that's often, that, that feeds into our observations of teachers. It feeds into our faculty mm-hmm. meeting times. It feeds into so many of the things that we do. And there's no way to do this all perfectly. I'm not, I don't want any of you to walk away from this conversation thinking that our goal is to reach perfection, but our goal is to build a positive school culture. Well, Jen, I want to thank you so much for the time that you've taken today to talk about strategies and solutions that work for school leaders when it comes to building school culture. And next time, I want to dive a little more into scenarios if you do encounter a culture of isolation or a culture of distrust and talk about some ways that principals can walk through those situations with some ideas or maybe even some conversations in mind that might help them to create a stronger culture of teamwork and confidence. Principal Matters listeners, I know that you each week are trying to find ways that you can listen and learn and grow. And so thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Jen, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I'm so excited to be back with you next week too. Thank you, Will. This has been great. We're solving problems one at a time. I love it. I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Principal Matters listeners. Thanks for doing what matters. And we'll talk to you soon. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. 